All right, the old mic joke. Hey, uh, we are starting a new series because we're starting a new year today. And the series is rooted in the book of James. It's called Stating the Obvious. In 2023, I want to do this every year, but I really want us to cultivate an ear for God, to really grow in discerning God's voice. And I think a lot of us bring a lot to that. A lot of us have our own priorities um, that we're thinking about. But as we seek to hear from God, I feel like I need to say this, though I, I probably don't. Our, our priorities need to, to be, what's the word I'm looking for? Submit to God's priorities. Uh, so what are the obvious calls for our life? And, and the book of James has somewhat of that. Some obvious calling for our life, like that we want to put on front of us as we seek to hear from God. But before I get into that, uh, just in terms of discernment, this is where we're going to be studying this year, just for the first half of the year, as far as I've gotten. Uh, we're going to be in James for the, for the next month and a half, up until the beginning of Lent. That'll be James 1 and 2, responding to the prophet called James. Then I'm, I'm sitting with this Lent series in the book of Amos, looking at the social spirituality found in the prophecy of Amos. Prophecy is somewhat of a theme for this year. And then we go back after Easter into James for 3 and 5, and then the summer, I, I want to do a theological study. I was inspired by, a, Larry and I were talking about this, a theology of what it means to be childlike. That's, in some circles, they all call that topical. Um, we're calling it theological. So that's what that study is. But let's get back to where we are. We're in the first, well, second meeting of the year. But this is our, our first meeting. Got to get my notes in order here. Here we go. We're beginning of James. How did you think about that song? You guys hear that? Did anybody hear that song like on the internet? It's like taking over the internet. I love it. I remember hearing it this Christmas break and I fell in love with just the wonder at gratitude for joy and pain. And it really speaks to the mystery of the gospel and a bit of what we hear in the beginning of James. Not a bit, a lot of what we hear in James. So uh, I'm gonna just read the beginning of James 1. I'm going to dip our toe also into next week's passage because I want to borrow from an analogy that James uses to flush out that point. So here we go. James 1 says this. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let, us pers- let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now, this is a focus of our time today, but again, I want to dip our toe into the next section. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding faults, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. We'll focus on the wisdom part next week, but I want to hang on to that analogy as we get back to this idea of facing trials. Now, when you begin any book, you want to understand the context. And so the author here is James the Just. This is most likely Jesus' little brother, who, whose real name is Jacob in the Greek. And uh, yes, we have our poster for the year. And yes, Kelsey, we're going to show the video for the first day of the year. We're going to start out with a video. That's my learning from last year. Don't borrow the poster if you don't have the video. But uh, likely the recipients of this letter are Jewish Christians who've been scattered after the stoning of Stephen and probably some other Gentile converts who've converted to the way. 
Uh, but I believe this letter, there's some differing views on it, had been written pretty early on. It's either one of the first letters, that or Galatians, around 40 AD. But yeah, I, I thought it'd be helpful just to devote two pages of my time. Look at this. To the video. See how I did that? So you keep time. So we're actually going to look at the video just to kind of give a survey of the scripture. The letter of James, or at least that's his name in English. If you look in the... Wow. All right. Thank, that's the Bible Project team. I, I didn't make that. But they are great. But it's just good to have somewhat of the, the language behind the poster because the poster, when you first see it, just feels like a lot. But it, it, they just do a really good job, and I appreciate their scholarship. So um, one of the things, I'm not going to repeat all that, but then I think it's pretty cool for us as a church is that we spent last year in Matthew, and a lot of people call the book of James or Jacob a commentary on the Sermon on the Mount, which is a lot of fun. It's not just the Sermon on the Mount, it reflects on other aspects of it. Uh, it's also a throwback to Proverbs chapter 8 and 9. It's very proverbial, very I think it's the right word, pregnant with meaning. Each phrase has so much to it. And then some scholars have called James the prophet of the New Testament, which is interesting. I love that. Either way, it functions somewhat of, as a checklist for the way that we are to live, uh, this wholehearted devotion to Jesus. And uh, with that, I want, that's where our main ideas are rising today, particularly as we consider this series and even this year, is that this lifelong devotion requires forward motion. It even rhymes, so it's like easier to memorize. Lifelong devotion requires forward motion. Movement. If you're following Jesus, this faithful movement requires moving forward in your faith. To keep moving, to, to, to persevere. Because, you know, the testing your faith produces perseverance. That word perseverance means patient enduring. But moving forward, to persevere is to press forward. Now, as I say that, I want to deconstruct whatever notions we may instantly hear when we think about movement. Sometimes our toxic tapes from our previous church baggage can equate movement towards constant busyness or endless volunteering or even ignoring pain and just trudging along. And that's not what I'm saying that devalues who you are, devalues who I am, who God is ultimately. Um, God may be moving some of us to rest, I think a lot of us, to abiding. God may be moving some of us to lamenting a bit more. God may be moving some of us to rediscovering who God is in pl playful ways. I think actually for all of us, God's moving in us. But even that movement requires movement. To move towards rest is to move, uh, to move towards abiding. But it's not just there. We all likely need to move towards simplicity. We all can move towards generosity, towards sharing God's graciousness in and around our lives, the truth and grace of God. All of us, I believe, because I'm not hearing it enough, not that I want to hear more of it, can move towards confessing our sins with one another and praying for each other. Uh, I believe that's true because James even says it's, the prayer is righteous and effective when we do that. Uh, we, we can move towards the poor, both in planned and unplanned ways. Lifelong devotion requires forward movement or forward motion. And this is movement to strangers, 
to neighbors, to our families, and to ourselves. Now, you don't need to memorize that list I made if you're seeking to move towards Jesus in, in your daily life. You don't need to memorize any of that. It's simply a, a byproduct of moving towards God in real time. God, what do you have for me? Each moment to moment, we'll talk about what that means in wisdom. James says right now, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Spiritual growth, maturity, this wholeness is just a byproduct of our little shifts, small or big steps towards Jesus and his invitations. And, and what's beautiful about this, is, and, and the Bible Project brought it up, is like you'll hear an invitation towards generosity in the beginning, and it'll come up again. God's so gracious that he's gonna bring up this conversation again. You'll hear talking about encouragement and using your words. Are you gonna use them to encourage or are you gonna use them to decourage or uncourage or criticize? That's the beauty of how gracious God is. He'll bring themes up again so that we have the opportunity to discern what does this have for me and my life and our life collectively. Lifelong devotion does require forward motion. And one of the ways to discern where we're moving forward is to understand what's moving against us. That is critical in this. And this is where I want to borrow a bit from next week's passage, just the analogy that James uses. Uh, it's near and dear to my heart. It's also somewhat uh, near and dear to just being here in, in this county, in this city. The one who doubts or the one who stops moving is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. As I was reflecting and studying, I believe God gave me an image of the ocean to, to use uh, to reflect, to communicate what lifelong devotion looks like. Lifelong devotion in the ocean. Anybody like to swim in the ocean here? Anybody like it? Okay, anybody swim in the ocean? Anybody ever been knocked by a wave? Yeah, I'm sure we have, we have our stories. My boy Greg and I went surfing the other day. He got knocked hard. It was awesome. Um, what is your experience of being tossed by the waves, whether it's in the boat or just swimming in the water? Take a moment and share with somebody beside you of like a, a wave story and, and t resist trying to one-up each other. You Check out this one, although you can. But take a moment, give myself a break and just share a wave story with somebody next to you. Wave story? Um, oh, I was uh, body serving at the wedge. You know the wedge? I know the wedge. And it just dropped me right on my head on the, the sand. And the next thing I knew is on land, it was like. Oh my gosh. This is the last time I went to the wedge. Dude, that is Shore Break Central, that thing. Oh my gosh. I mean, I think I'll always remember kind of my, uh, this, as a kid I was bodyboarding and the same thing happened, just got knocked on my head and just was like really like, just, I always remember it, you know what I mean? I was by myself and just thinking about how scary that is, you know? Yeah. 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 And um, and the tide 
sometimes like that at Oceanside, we're just like going like this, I mean sideways. Yeah, yeah. So the lifeguard is following us, there's two of us. One guy makes it in, boss makes it in, then I'm there, and the guy's like, is he okay? <laughs> My brother's like, well, how's it thin? Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, dude, yeah. This is good. All right. How are we doing? I feel like we're good, right? So we got some swimmers here. You got a couple, like three people raised a hand. Now everybody's talking about the ocean. I love it. Okay. Are, th are there any swimmers here? People who like to swim? You can raise it high. It's, there's nothing wrong. It's, we have a contest right now. We're going to see who the best one is right now. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any ocean, open water swimmers here? People who like to swim in the open water? Come on, Bridget, raise it high. Come on, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord with that hand high. Come on, Matt. Of course you would be the one to raise his hand. Uh, any open water ocean swimmers who have competed in a race? At least once in their life, right? One or two? Though I've, I've spent the majority of my time in the ocean these days with my kids or possibly on a board, uh, I, I've swam quite a few races uh, in the ocean. Alcatraz to get over an ex-girlfriend once, uh, Santa Barbara triathlons, uh, a couple local ones here, swims the cove, who likes to swim the cove in La Jolla? I did that a lot in my 20s. I think the last ocean race though I did when I was 37 off the Cape May Ferry. But as a seven-year lifeguard on the East Coast, we swam hundreds of races. At seven years over 90 days of summer, it's a couple hundred, you know, because we do at least one in the morning, and uh, there are a lot of different configurations, but I think just our basic configuration really entails what this lifelong devotion looks like. Lifelong devotion. I think, oh, you had it right there, Lair. So uh, on the East Coast, mainly, I mean, there's tons of configurations of your races. You would set up two buoys. Uh, whether you're doing a mile, half mile, quarter mile, you'd set one up in one area. That's what the red thing is. I got a really great graphic designer, i.e. me. <laughs> But uh, let's just say you're starting in the midpoint. You would run down here, swim out in the ocean, pass the breakers, fighting those waves, and then you would swim. This way would be in the east coast. This is north, and the west coast. This is south. And you would turn that buoy, and you come in, hopefully catching a break, but sometimes a wave breaking you. Um, and, and I really think this really tells us a lot about what a life of faith looks like. Because you've got, in the beginning, you've got to get out past the waves. And I'll talk about what that means. And even as you get around that buoy, and, and most of the race is along that. And sometimes there's buoys marking the way, and sometimes there's not. But there can be a current that's pushing you out, a current that's taking you in, a current that's fighting against you. Sometimes there's a current for you. But for this analogy, we're considering the current against you. And you've got to stroke it out until you turn that last buoy and, and, and you come in. And those who are stroking ultimately are fatigued, and they're not waiting for a wave. They're just going in, come hell or high water. If a wave crushes them, they're not looking back. They're just moving forward towards the goal. And all of this goal is the kingdom. I remember as we head out, and this is a bit of our first point, it kind of illustrates what's going on here. 
that when you say yes to Jesus, life doesn't necessarily get easier. In many ways, it gets harder. And, and this analogy, I get it. Like, in the ancient Greco-Roman world, they're probably talking about naval pursuits and all that, and but fishing, but for us, it makes sense. Let it, let it make sense. And they did have waves in the Sea of Galilee once in a while. But the moment we decide to follow Jesus is the moment you and I can expect trials to begin. That it begins. And it, the trials come in waves. They come in waves. It's almost as if the waves get bigger but, and trials come in waves. As soon as you choose to say yes to Jesus, there will be those who are against you, who choose to be against you because you're saying no to the ways of the world. And outside of Jesus, we're kind of, we, we're assimilated to the ways of the world. I remember as a follower of Jesus, I said yes, and my friends just felt weird around me. They, they were like uncomfortable with me, and then soon a lot of talk came, and I lost a lot of friends. They made a website about me to make fun of me. It was like, it was hard. Some stayed, which is awesome, but uh, it could be painful, and those are hard waves that make you just want to give up and go in. They are. It can be really hard, and then sometimes there's just old, nasty temptations that come up right away. You'll say yes to Jesus, and then these habits, these addictions come in and try to strangle you and crush you with the waves. Sometimes there's death or bereavement or sickness, financial problems, family problems that happen right as you say yes to Jesus. In the time I said yes to Jesus, I lost one cousin to drugs and two buddies, one to suicide and one to drugs, all within a year. It's like, what? But if you receive God's love, you know that you just keep stroking. You keep going after it. And you swim against what would be the currents of the world. The trials, though, they come in waves. They come in waves. And then you're past the waves, and it's easy. No, it's not. Past the waves, you still have to do with currents. Currents that are still working against us. I mean, why would you consider it joy? Why would any of us consider it joy to face these trials and tribulations? Here's what James know, who faced his own trials. This is like the little brother of Jesus who was martyred pretty early, after a couple decades after this, early 60s. He knows that if you're facing trials, God's working in your life. That when you say yes to Jesus, you are going to experience opposition. If you are saying yes, opposition is happening. There's currents that are working against us. It's never going to go away. And, and we've done a ton of sermons explaining pain, grief, sadness, difficulty, and evil. It's a very long conversation that I'm not going to get into, though I'm sure it'll come up in this series. It does. We, we talk about it. We try not to ignore it. I know it's more complex than I thought it was 10 years ago. What I want you to know is, I, I also know this, is that when you say yes to Jesus, there's an evil one who's against you. There's... The evil one's collective efforts. There's principalities, these collective efforts in the world that are commingled with demonic forces and broken humanity. That scripture says it against you. Then there's broken people, sinners like you and I, some who even love Jesus, that will and are working against us. It's a question for you in this sobering conversation. James is a sobering book. It's like, I wish I could do something else, but no, we're in James, baby. I just sense from the Lord and I'm great. What currents are working against you right now? That's something to think about. You don't have to have, a, we're not doing a think, prayer, and share with this one. We'll have a longer one later. 
But consider, what is a current that's pushing against you right now? Or maybe a wave that's crushing you as you head out and are just swimming. I remember being at a Dewey triathlon and people were just swimming and just the current was so strong, some just gave up and headed in. And then some had to be rescued because they're just so fatigued. Just was a strong northeaster. So what, what, what current is pressing against you right now? And this answer is multifaceted. Multifaceted. Whatever it may be, it will try to discourage you and frustrate you and drown you in anger and sadness. It'll try to force gulps of distrust for who God is and God's goodness in your life. It'll push you away from God and out into the ocean of emptiness. It'll make you go to the shore and die a slow death of instant gratification. I, I may be killing the swimming analogy, but I, I'm digging it. <laughs> when that happens, when you're in the water and you're struggling, what is something you do, swimmers? You stop and look up. You stop. Take a moment, or you just pull your head out of the water, and you look up, and you, regain, you get clarity. All right, God, where are you? And hopefully that comes in a big orange buoy that tells you where the head. And that buoy, these buoys, they all mark God's kingdom, a kingdom of life, this law of love, a kingdom that wants healing for you, even if it's hard. And swimming is hard. I didn't swim in high school or college. The Lord taught me in many ways. And so you look up and you ask God, help me to patiently endure, to not give up. Even when you look up, it's just good to stroke as you go, not to stop stroking out this law of love. This idea of pressing on, it's, it's consistent with Scripture. Uh, Psalm 119 says, I run the path of your commands, for you have broadened my understanding. Hebrews 12 famously says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run or swim with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He ran, he swam that race, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Opposition comes. I love a Joel too. I just found this, this sweet nugget in Joel too. I was reading this morning. The prophet says of God's people, they charge like warriors. They scale walls like soldiers. They all march in a line. This is when they're experiencing famine. This is also an homage to the end of days. Not swerving from their course. They do not jostle each other. Each marches straight ahead. They plunge through defenses without breaking ranks. You're not alone in this race. God is with you. You have to know that even as opposition comes. God is with you to redirect you. He's literally in you if you said yes to Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Here's the other thing. Others are with you in this race. We're not trying to beat each other. We're just trying to complete this race going hard. And looking up can be asking God. It can also mean seeing others as they see you, those who are running this race. One of the greatest gifts in any race in the ocean is a nearby swimmer. It is the greatest thing. Even if you're, I mean, especially if you're racing because they can push you and you can push them. You ever been like somebody swimmers and you've just been with them for like, man, we've been together this whole time. They give you a sense of security and a sense of direction. 
That's a lot what it's like in the church. We're meant to stroke it out together, but with others. I do like this analogy. I like it a lot. So in 2023, who is someone or someone's you're called the race alongside? You swim the race alongside. Who is that this year? Lifelong devotion requires forward motion, requires keeping our eyes on Jesus and swimming with others. The trials do come in waves. There's going to be a current that's pressing against us. And the last one, and I can't speak to this one, hopefully from experience, because I, I plan to live a little bit longer than this. But as we're heading home, it can cost us everything. This is the last point of this race that God has for us, is that when we turn that buoy and we come to shore, or was searching for the shore, that it, it, it can cost us everything. I was talking to my father-in-law. He's uh, 78, 78. He's a, he still sees patients who, who are a bit older. And he, he's told me that the difficulties of older age are bewildering. You would think a lot of life gets easier, but a lot of life gets harder. As you think about the race, you may not be fighting the currents. You may be heading to shore, but there are still waves that can topple over your head. And you're fatigued. You've given everything for this race. And James says it here, let perseverance finish its race, finish its works, that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. What's interesting about Jesus' way of not lacking anything, that doesn't come by having everything you want. That's not how the gospel works. Not lacking anything means this, that you've given everything away. Because you never knew you need any, you just don't need anything anymore. That's what not lacking anything is. It's like, I don't need this. I don't need that. I've got Jesus. I've got this great race. Hopefully, I've got some people around me. Either way, the Lord is with me. And I've realized that I actually find life in giving my life away. That's what that not lacking anything really, truly means. This is the race that is life in the kidding. It's a life of love, a life of healing, generosity simplicity, encouraging, including, forgiving, stroke it out. Blessing, hosting, stroke it out. Feeding, giving and giving and giving away, stroke it out. Laughing and crying, surrendering and living. And it costs everything, but it's living. Amen? So I wanted to continue the next portion of our gathering to what I'm calling crew conversations. Sometimes in our gathering, we like, to, um, we like to talk and have questions. I wanted to save some questions for the end. And so I'm just going to have some questions up for you to kind of pair up and talk with one another about this. First off, what do you think about that analogy? Pretty good? Is it garbage? Is it all right? Don't tell me it's garbage. Uh... And then where are you in the water today? Where are you in the water? And then some optional questions. This would be great, great questions for our week. How does the easy currents of prosperity, prosperity actually hinder your reliance on God? How is it when it's easy, when the current's going easy, cause you just to take it easy? Uh, I'll just doggy paddle this one. I got the current on my side. Conversely, how have life's trials and tribulations actually strengthened your resolve? When you knew that, when you felt that current coming or you saw that wave in front of you, 
You decided to duck it and not turn back. You didn't even freeze. You said, I just got to go. If it breaks on me, I'll find air somehow. How is that? Take a moment, share with one another. We'll give ourselves, we got time. Give yourself like five to 10 minutes for this. You can choose one or two questions that you're drawn to. Maybe no more than three people in a group and just discuss. Hello. Did you post? You did? I guess I missed it. Dude. Oh, there it is. There it is. All right. I'll... Who? Gigi? Oh, yeah, I miss her. I'm liking it right now. All right, guys. Nice. All right, guys. I got some next steps. Our vision is to love God and others in Christ. Our mission is to help everyone take a next step with Jesus. That's our, our, so some next steps, and, and this is a way I'm going to kind of frame our next steps for the, for the future, at least when I preach, is I want to think through one individually, and our individual one is kind of mixed in with our second one, is to join a group and or a crew conversation. What is that, you ask? Great question. Um, we're a small church. I love our church. Never been better of a part of, never been more excited to been part of a church. Uh, that said, fellowship talking about these things in life, particularly the conversation we had today in terms of the currents moving against us, we, you, need, you need others. You really do. That's one of the primary ways God's plan A to show us who God is. And so we have some great groups, and one of our groups is I'd love for us to do a study. It's a real easy study based on my favorite uh, New Testament scholar. He's an Anglican, N.T. Wright. Real simple study based on James that I think would go well, and I know it's always a, a plus when we study what we're talking about. However, we've also been discerning uh, some of the group leaders on our leadership team discerning this idea of crew conversations. And, and that's this idea that we, we, we know we're a small church and not, if we only have three, two, four groups, that might not work for your schedule. We also know that there's a lot of babies that are being had and whatnot. We dedicated six in December. We've got two coming on the way. Excited about that. And um, so we, we think of this idea of called crew conversations where we would help link you up with uh, one or two other people and that you would be kind of a little triad or a pod with these people for, for a season. So for like, hey, for January through March, we're linking Kelsey and Mary and Bridge up. And, and once, a month, once a week, they would do a text check-in based on our crew conversation. And so I, as I preach our messages, you'd have a question like, oh, look, crew conversations. For your crew conversations this week, hey, share a difficult situation in your life and how you're choosing to deal with it. And you would take that and you would text your friends or like even if you want to meet up and everybody can meet up, do that. But our hope is in these crew conversations. And my hope is I won't force you to do it. I'll, I'll probably force you a little, but you can say no probably is a better way to do it. My hope is that you would like 
talk about these things and then maybe once a month get together and go for a walk or get coffee or whatnot. That would help augment what's going on in our groups. These conversations and more probably happen in our groups, but we also want to help you manage this, this season or these seasons of our lives together. Does that make sense? Did I represent that well? That was Coco. I love that. Me and her were talking about that. What up, girl? Um, so this is a study guide, group leaders. I just want to talk to you about that. And um, yeah, so that's our crew conversation is to share a difficult situation in your life and how you're choosing to deal with it. If you want to be, here's the deal. If you don't want to be in a crew conversation and you know I love you, let me know. If not, I'm going to start organizing some names, okay? That's just how I do it. And I know everybody here except for maybe one or two people came. I'm really glad you're here. Third one, and this one's evangelistic, and I think it matters. It'll be evangelism slash service-oriented. Share a painful experience in your life and how God strengthened you through that. I don't think I wrote that well, but... Strengthen you to move forward. Yeah, share a painful experience with somebody who's in your orbit, a person of peace, somebody who's open to listening to you as you listen to them and love them. Share a painful experience in your life and how God strengthened you through that. See how that next steps work? I'm really excited. You get some New Year time, you get some time off, you start thinking about things. So I'm gonna pray for us and I'm gonna invite Hamilton up for our last song. Lord, thank you for this team, this family, this crew. Thank you that we are trying, Lord, to run this race. All of us may be at different spots, but we're all out there together. So God, would you strengthen us? Would you be the one to do this race in us? When the currents are pressing against us, Lord, will we just keep stroking one step of hearing and responding, one step of loving in your name, Jesus. And Lord God, uh, for any of those who are thinking about saying yes or just let me just talk about that. If any of those who think about saying yes, races are, this is the greatest life you can have. There's nothing like it. It's a life consisting of healing, of loving, of, of receiving God's love and giving it away. And so my prayer is that you would get your suit on and jump in the water and join us. The way is through that cross which says, giving our life up, we receive everything because that's who Jesus is. He gives everything. He gave himself away. He died, gave it away, and he came back to show us that this is the way to live. And then if anybody just said yes to Jesus and they're feeling the waves, I pray that they would reach out to somebody to help them get through it. Lord, I, I thank you for this church, and I pray for some more times in the ocean together. I pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, Rick. There we go. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance. I'm no 
Lifelong motion, lifelong devotion requires forward motion. And part of that movement is to becoming more and more that child. So let's do that together. Again, the next steps are this. Join a group and or a crew conversation. Yeah, just let me know if you're not interested. Uh, I am that pastor that will probably say, yeah, you can do this. And then this week with people, it might not happen. It's probably going to evolve in the next couple weeks. So like just with friends this week, as we figure out this whole system, Share a difficult situation in your life and how you are choosing to deal with it. 
and then also share evangelistically a painful experience in your life and how God strengthened you through that. All right? That's it for today. Join us next week as we look at wisdom, as in the book of James, and we continue to celebrate together. It's good to be together. It feels like it's been a while. All right. We'll see you next week. All right? And this week, we all say it this way. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Have an awesome week.